You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! And welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I am Joe Galina. I'm joined by the Mr. Uh, Tony Sincata. Tony, how's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. The price of movie tickets are getting ridiculous because, you know, what they do is they have, like, uh, all these different, like, this was, like, RPX or something, so they can charge you, like, $12 to go to a matinee. What the hell is wrong with people? Uh, yeah, I, I've never heard of RPX. What's uh, RPX? Is that a special? Uh, uh... Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> this is, like, 3D. Like, you go to the movie and it doesn't look any different to me. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, and then you wonder why some people use these like these fire sticks and you know uh, watch movies, yeah. you know hey, breaking them down. You know, you screw me, we'll screw you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Did you, what? What'd you end up going to see? No, we're going today to see oh, okay. this uh, uprising movie um, that looks like Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh, okay. Which, look, which looks like one um, of those uh, machine transformers. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's a sequel, right? I think that. Uh, yeah, we yeah, they yeah. watched the uh, the other one last night. Uh, all right, all right. Well, enjoy, enjoy. Five I'm days. I'm gonna take a nap during <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. I'd say the, the worst movie that I uh, remember ever seeing with my kids was uh, the Pokemon movie, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just you know usually like you know you you like these Pixar movies like you know the with the Buzz Lightyear and all that stuff and yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good stuff but uh, man. Pokemon, I just could not wait for this thing to be over. But no. uh, it happens. You do what you do for your kids, right? That's it. That's right. <laughs> you know what? They didn't have a choice. They got stuck with you. Yeah, exactly. Right. That is true. You get to pick your friends, but you don't get to pick your family. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just pointing it out to people. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, what, five days till uh, opening day? Yeah, crazy. Big, big weekend of drafting, I'm sure. And uh, I'll tell you, I mean, uh, with what we're going to talk about, we're going to lead off, obviously, with the uh, Madison Bumgarner injury. And uh, I I always like to wait as late as possible uh, to to draft because you never know when something is going to happen to one of your players. Something freaky could happen, just like what happened to Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, but, you know, people say that, and we always have examples of that. (laughs) Right? right. So let me ask the question. See, this is this is the crazy part. What if it happened in the first game of the year? How does it make it any different? Well, I mean, the first game of the year, you have nothing. There's no way that you could have changed what happened. But yeah, if you're drafting on fr- uh, on on Wednesday, uh, as opposed to this upcoming Wednesday, yeah, you could have changed you, the you outcome. See, you guys always live in a bubble and want to protect yourselves <laughs> from against that. I mean, come on, it's not reality. Mm. Well, that's why they yeah. call it fantasy, buddy. <laughs> on, right? Here's the thing. I think. Th- I, I really think it's a huge overreaction to this, this situation for, for a couple of reasons. I think that we look at it, it's six to eight weeks, okay? So you get him back by the end of May. Now, is he going to be the same pitcher? He was out last year, too. But he got to at least pitch a whole spring training. So and that's he's a really good, effective, too, this year. Yeah, that, 
That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know the extent of where exactly the fracture is and supposedly what it's his are... pinky. Yeah. So I, 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 I if like I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, is that really going to affect some of these pitchers? I don't think uh, so. But I'm not yeah. a, a pitching coach, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Like, like that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think this might be overblown. And a month from now, we see him back pitching. And if you are drafting this weekend, or if you're drafting the next two days, I got a couple drafts on Tuesday. Um, I think you get a bargain. I'm drafting tomorrow, and he's been going. Like I saw a uh, second round. Ro- yeah, I think Ronis got him in Tout Wars, uh, the, the the mixed uh, online draft. I think he got him in the third round. That was now that was a bargain. But you're right. He was, you know, it, it, basically, you know, you have your Kershaws, your Scherzer's, uh, uh, Sale, Kluber, uh, Stroudsburg, according to NFPC, was going before him, and then you had Bumgarner. So, yeah, I mean, it depends on, on, on who you're drafting with. But, yeah, a second round. And I thought he was late second round. I thought he was a pretty decent bargain in terms of uh, what he could bring well, back to you. I, I would tell you right now, I think I can get him in the seventh round now, and I would take Probably, him. yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's say seventh round. I mean, who, who would be there for you in the seventh round instead? I mean, uh, how far down has uh, Shohei Otani fallen? <laughs> oh, I mean, if you had fallen. a choice. He's, that's he's right fallen, around right? there. Yeah. That's right around there. Yeah. So I, I think I'd, I'd go bum uh, Garner before I went Otani, even though I, I, I think that the precipitous fall of Otani is a little overblown as well. I agree. I yeah. totally agree with you. Here's what's going to happen with Otani. Otani is going to strike people out, and he'll be one of the top five in the league. His whip might be high, but we've seen guys like that all the time. Like Randy Johnson and and Nolan Ryan and big strikeout guys. People forget that Otani's different than every other Japanese player that came over here because he's only 23. The rest of them were at the end of his career. It's still a young player that's developing, and Mm -hmm. control is going to be an issue. But he's going to strike people out. He's going to be top five. Yeah, you and I talked about this uh, previously, but I would love if the Angels would just say, hey, look, you know, at least to start the season, uh, forget about the hitting part and just concentrate on the pitching. Just get that done. And once you do, then we could talk about maybe giving you a couple of uh, starts, uh, you know, as a batter a a week. But for now, let's get the pitching part out of the way. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I I want them to... uh... To get it done, uh, it's crazy. Have they announced their opening day starter? Uh, I'd have to check. I don't recall seeing it, so uh, that's going to be interesting to see uh, when he makes his first start. Do you think they should go with a veteran, or they should give uh, Atani the uh, the ball? Well, especially if they're if their opening day is at home, I'd give Otani the ball. I agree. Give the fans what they what they want, right? You paid all this money for him. You might as well mm-hmm. show it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Giants, man. I mean, um, so Bumgarner, like you said, out six to eight weeks, fractured pinky. And uh, Jeff Samarja, uh, first DL stint of his career. Uh, looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. Like I think they're saying four weeks, right, with a strained pectoral muscle. So, yeah, that, I mean, see, that worries me worse than yeah. Madison Baumgartner. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, especially uh, yeah. Sometimes if a player tries to come back too soon from something like that, that could be an extended uh, type of injury. But Samarja kind of like a, a, a middle of the pack uh, starting pitcher, sneaky good in a way. I mean, a guy that'll give you two hundred uh, innings, decent strikeout to, to walk ratios. I mean, uh, not a sexy name anymore, but you know, someone that you could get, let's say, middle uh, middle rounds. No, he wasn't a sexy name, but he was a guy people targeted. Uh, because they knew he would get 200 innings. He, his first time he's been on the disabled list, uh, he's 33 since yeah. he's been in baseball. The Angels actually start on the road at the Athletics. Ah, okay. So that'll be interesting to see who uh, opens up for them. I, I, if I'm the They'll Angels... probably be Garrett Richards now. Their first home game yeah. is Monday, so you probably get Atani in that game because that'll be their fifth game. And uh, it's against the Indians. Uh, a little bit of a tough matchup, I but think, uh, hey. I, I think there'll be drama there. I think we'll see Otani on that Monday. I look forward to it. Uh, so uh, back to the uh, San Francisco Giants. So we, they're, they're going to be without uh, Bumgarner, going to be without Samarja. Uh, yep. What are we thinking about uh, Johnny Cueto this year? Uh, no. No? No bounce back to him? What happened to this guy? <laughs> What like this Lester guy? issues it, flexor tendon seven weeks on DLS season. Uh, he, exactly uh, what happened to him? This guy pitched in one of the worst pitches ballpark in baseball and dominated, and then he went to uh, pitcher friendly parks and he hasn't done anything. I mean, he has been terrible. Uh, I I don't know. I, I'm not drafting him. Mm-hmm. Like uh, now, it's been a long time since he's been good. Like people, yeah. I don't know if people realize this. Like he was good in 2016 with the Giants with a 219, a 2.79 ERA. Then last year, he pitched a 4.52, 4.49 ERA. 2015, he had an off year too, 3.44. So I don't know. He could turn around. I guess it gets to what, how far he drops in the draft uh, before you where you go and jump in. When I look at Try to figure out what what the hell is going wrong with this kid, and you mentioned some of the injuries and and, and what's going on there. His fastball was ninety one miles an hour in two thousand sixteen. He pitched well. His fastball was ninety one miles an hour. He threw it the same amount of times. He threw the same exact pitches. He just wasn't effective. Hmm. Now, uh, since uh, past couple of injuries have been announced for the Giants, uh, I see a lot of people talking up this kid, uh, Chris Stratton. Uh, yeah. Any interest in him? Uh, that's the talk, but, um, I guess everybody has a point where you go, if it was late in the draft, I mean, he's 27 years old. We're not talking about a a young kid, uh, that's, you know, a a big prospect. The problem is his strikeout totals, uh, are sevens in the minors, sixes. So how does that translate? Uh, he keeps the ball in the ballpark, which is this is an easy ballpark here. I mean, he could have a three and a half ERA, which would be great, mm-hmm. and he could have seven Ks per nine, which is not great. But if you got him as your eighth or ninth pitcher, it, it wouldn't be bad. But it seems like people are talking about him now that he might go a little earlier. Yeah, I guess you're right. Everyone has, depending on where you get them, they they have a little bit of value depending on how far down the uh, line you could actually draft him. But and uh, they're not going to. They're not going to get too many wins. I like. I, I don't like this team. Like people like thought this team would be okay this year. Uh, I I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the team in general, like from a fantasy perspective, lots of players, in my opinion, uh, on the decline. 
It's a retirement uh, home now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like five years ago would have been like, you know, a perennial uh, contender. But, uh, you know, maybe, you know, some usefulness based on if you if you draft a, a balanced fantasy team. But, uh, you know, there's lots of question marks. A lot of these guys, they're not stars anymore. They're not exactly scrubs they're someplace in the middle. So let's go over a couple of these guys like uh, Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, uh, he's going to be uh, – playing for a contract uh, if that uh, if you think that that affects his uh, performance but i mean is it fair to expect uh, you know maybe like a mid 20 home run 10 stolen base season from him i mean i, I looked at his uh, numbers in, in uh, AT&T Park for his career 275 batting average 367 OBP and a 451 slugging percentage i mean you think 25 10 is is fair to expect from him I think he's right around there with 270, 280 batting average. So mm-hmm. those are decent numbers, right? Yeah. And uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, well, I it's nothing, let's take I, it's nothing to to write home it's for. Nothing right? to get right. it, but if you get five guys that hit twenty five and ten stolen bases, you don't nice. have to pick. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to pick one of those. Uh, guys that only get stolen bases and have a poor average. So right. I think he definitely has value to fantasy owners. Like those should be guys you should be targeting instead of targeting uh Cameron Mabin, you know, in round fourteen. Right. So McCutcheon, according to NFBC, has a ninety ADP and right around there, uh other players that are outfield eligible, you got Chris Taylor, Domingo Santana, Ioannis Cespedes, Nick Castellano. See that's a little too early for me. Yeah. I, I th- like I would probably like all those guys you mentioned, I would probably yeah. draft ahead of them. Depending on, unless, you know, I had it going and I had all these 20 home run hitters and I had all these 10 stolen base guys and I could throw them into the mix. But all those other guys, they have upside a little bit. And I think they get 20, 20 home runs and 10 stolen bases. I think that's the, that's the optimum for McCutcheon. Like, mm-hmm. I think those other guys could go over it if everything went right. You don't think Taylor, Chris Taylor from the Dodgers could take a nice little step back? I mean... When you look at what he did last year, I think he kind of doubled his. Uh, what, what did he double his home run to fly ball? Uh, yeah. So this all depends on what you believe in today's metrics and today's stats and how deep right. you want to go, right? Right. Right. Because Chris Taylor has an explanation for for that, and it's a change in the swing, and it's mm-hmm. the the whole loft percentage thing that you get into in today's stats. So there is a, an explanation to it, but. One of the things we do, no matter if you, if you, whatever sport you you cover, if you're a guy that gets deep in the numbers and don't believe in narratives, you have to say that's a short sample size. This guy's played baseball for eight years, and we're going to take one year's numbers and say they're law. No, that doesn't usually work. But I have an explanation, and so I'm okay with people on on him uh, because of it. But could it go the other way? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, more Giants, Evan Longoria. You know, it seems like this guy's oh, been playing geez. forever. He's only he thirty-two. He's only thirty-two years old. Well, uh, in baseball. I mean, these kids get drafted in high school. You know, R- Reggie Jackson, when he got signed to the Yankees in seventy-seven, I think he was thirty-two, and he was still in the prime of his career. Now, all of a sudden, 30, thirty-two years old, we're gonna, you know, put people aside. Well, he hasn't. I don't know about Longoria. I. Uh... <laughs> What Five-year average, right? Five-year average, 160 games, plays every day. 26 oh, yeah. home runs, 87 runs batted in, 265 batting average. I mean, if, you, if you're taking him with – I mean, he has a 203 ADP. So, you know, that's not bad for, let's say, a corner infield. 
See, it's weird because last year he hit 20 home runs. Then other seasons he's hit 30. No, that's what I'm saying. One year prior that he hit 36. Right, right. Right, so it's like there. And I think everybody gets intimidated by the San Francisco ballpark. Right. And to be honest with you, Tampa's a good pitcher's ballpark as well. Um, Nothing's worse than San Francisco. So when you see the 20 home runs that he hit last year, though, and then you realize he goes to San Francisco – I I I and I and I think other people say, you know what? I, I don't want this guy hitting 16 home runs for me. Mm. Yeah. I, I still think that 20 might be his 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 low point. But when we come back, I want you to tell me if you'd go with Longoria or Beltre uh, in your drafts. Uh, Beltre's going in the 11th round in a 15 teamer. Uh, we'll be right back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm Joe Galina. I'm joined by my buddy Tony Sincata, Pete Considori, producing our show. And Pete gave us kind of a a scare last week there, Tony. Uh, We thought he had the flu. But uh, thankfully, he's back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, People don't realize. That's a show that... uh that will be like collector's archives, like like little <laughs> the lost snippets, yeah, well, right. this little snippet somewhere in cyberspace right now right. of last week's show uh, that everybody else didn't get to listen to. Right, like if we ever like put out an uh, an album or something, that this this that'll be on the third CD of Lost yeah. Hits or something. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know <laughs> if we talked about anything crazy last week, but I, I'm pretty sure if we talked for three hours, something crazy happened. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, so uh, have a, a 15- so Longoria a belt right now. Yeah, Go yeah, yeah. There. I don't have either. So I got I think four or five drafts I've done. Uh, one, five drafts. I don't have either of these players. Right. And this is a good the, the good comparison by uh by you, Joe Kalina. I'm proud Thank of you. you. Thank you. Um, sir. I think I'm leaning to Adrian Beltre, and here's the reasons. I think the numbers are very similar, and. I'm going to go with the team with the better offense and more RBI and run scored opportunities there. Mm-hmm. I think they'll both hit about they'll, – they'll both hit have decent batting averages. I think they both hit around 20 home runs. Um, I'm just going to go with the uh, the counting numbers. I think Beltre wins. Now, what you can do, though, is if you want to go the other way, you say Longoria will play more games, and that's hard to argue. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, you're right in terms of home runs and whatnot. Uh, just about the same. I think that uh, Beltre, I, I think he could hit like 290 in his sleep still, even at uh, 38 years old. So I think he gives you, you know, an extra, you know, a 
potentially maybe 40 points on the batting average. So, uh, but uh, yeah, interesting comparison. I agree because you know, you know, we we talked about uh, Longoria and uh, with a 203 ADP, and you get Beltre uh, in the 11th round of a 15 teamer. And and speaking of which, I'm in a a draft tomorrow, 15 team, two catcher league, right? Uh, oh God! Can I tell you, baseball life is not as good as it used to be. You know, right. uh, all over the place. But I, I'm in more one catcher leagues this year than I've ever been in my mm-hmm. life, and it's none of my choosing. I, I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I agree with you. I mean, the two catcher leagues are a lot more uh, challenging. So uh, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm have a partner with me, and uh, he's thinking. Oh, that's uh, the worst. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. But, you know, he brought up to me that at pick number seven, taking Gary Sanchez number one overall. So I, no. I shot that down. But, 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 yeah. I'm okay with doing it in the second round. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Sanchez, obviously, you know, when they talk about the Yankee you know offense what? in terms hold of Stanton and Judge. Hold on, ahead, hold on. Time out. Let's go. Let's address this. This is not as stupid as it sounds. No. Especially in the two cat. Especially in a two-catcher league. Yeah, because I, I'm going to tell you people here that I would have never done this. And I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be coming more and more on the Gary Sanchez bandwagon. And because if you look at the projections for Gary Sanchez, I'm just going to give you these numbers. You ready? 34 home runs uh, for Gary Sanchez this year. 34 home runs, 93 runs scored, which is puts him in the top 10. 100 top 10 at any position never mind catcher mm-hmm. 105 RBIs okay so let's just take those three numbers the second best catcher i think is going to be Wilson Contreras all right and i'll give you here 23 home runs so that's 11 more home runs runs scored 80 that's 13 more RBIs 90 that's 15 more and then the batting average is probably the same. But that's not even the real – that's not what you should be comparing. What you should be comparing Gary Sanchez to is the 13th catcher. So when you look at it and you look at – get down to the 13th catcher, and I just did this real quick. So I, if, I, if I did the 12th catcher, don't kill me, is um, Brian McCann. That's what Brian I Brian McCann's going to hit 16 less home runs, 33 runs scored, 50 less RBIs. And 50 points lower in batting average. That's the difference between catcher one and the first catcher two. Gary Sanchez gives you a humongous advantage over catchers. So I'm not against taking him in the first round. Would I do with the seventh pick? I'd have to have the balls the size of uh, Jupiter. <laughs> but I don't think it's stupid to do it. Yeah. And I would tell you, I tell you things are stupid all the time. Right. My key with him is that, you know, catchers in general, I mean, you know, they might play what? Between 130, 140 games? Yeah, but that's, again, he's, he yeah. doesn't count there because he's mm-hmm. going to play some DH. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, he is far and away the best offensive catcher around. But I'm a little I'm, – I'm more comfortable taking him uh, with the second pick, especially in a two-catcher league. But uh, Yeah, that's what that's we have a, see, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I picked him once in the second round in uh, – in a um, one-catcher league, and I felt dirty. Like, I felt like, uh, you know what, that's not a big good pick because uh, you don't get the advantage you do in a two-catcher league. Mm-hmm. And um, here's the other thing to do, people. If you pick Gary Sanchez in the first or second round, do not wait to the last round and pick your pick your catcher. 
really use that advantage you have and 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 hammer it home and get a mid-level catcher like get a, a Perez Kizianet, get uh, well that would be great yeah I, I, imagine <laughs> yeah I would, you, that would be own great that, yeah yeah because Perez is a guy that plays a lot too but I was thinking even like a Chris Iannetta uh mm-hmm. go and grab someone like that uh, I love Evan Gaddis this year because he's gonna play DH for the Astros like if you went Sanchez and get Gaddis around around eight or nine I think you'd be you, you you would have such a huge advantage over your opponents yeah. So what have you noticed? You've done, a, I'm sure, a ton of drafts already so far. Have you noticed anything in general in terms? I'll tell you what I've noticed, and you can tell me if you agree and if there's anything else you've noticed. First of all, obviously, starting pitching is premium, right? Uh, especially yeah. now so, with Mad Bum also being hurt. I, I'm sure it's going to be even more aggressive uh, in the next coming days. But, so I, I won a lot of leagues the last few years having better mm-hmm. pitching than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I was the first. I, I, I was going out there saying, listen, there's only 13 elite pitches. You need two. There's only 16. You need at least two. And I would try to get three, right? And, and that's how I would, would win some leagues. Mm-hmm. I just did a draft where I said, F it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. going to do? I'm going to do the opposite this time. I think I had my best draft because everybody's going so early for pitching that there's so many hitters that are getting left on the table. Mm-hmm. And then I was still able to get, and it was crazy, I was able to get a decent pitching staff, um, so it made me think that you know what I, I pick a couple hitters in the first couple of rounds while people are going pitching, and and it, and it goes there. Um, I have Stanton and Chris Davis together on a couple teams, and those two nice. guys could actually hit a hundred home runs. Nice. Uh, I ended up uh, just completing uh, the other night a twelve-team head-to-head uh, draft. And uh, I ended up going. Madison Bumgarner was my first pitcher, <laughs> but other than that, you know, I kind of waited a little bit, and I think I got some decent options. I mean, I think Zach Godley, I mean, is going to have a nice year. He had a nice year last year. Uh, Lamette, the uh, San Diego pitcher, he's a good guy for strikeouts. I think Blake Snell is going to. Uh, it looks like he's finally turned the page. I know you can't yeah. really put too much into spring training stats. But no, but the issue is, see, I, I think you can, though, on certain things. Like a young pitcher that has a control yeah. problem, like right. all I want to do is see him get, throw the ball over the plate, and that's what he's doing. Right, exactly. So that you know, I'm encouraged with that. Jose Quintana. I mean, he was a different pitcher when he uh, went to the oh, Cubs. Oh my god! So I, I've him. talked about that. I've talked about. Yeah. That. Let me ask you a question. I, I here's the part you you talked about um, playing in uh, head-to-head leagues. I don't think we do enough uh, in the fantasy baseball community talking about this. I, I don't play in any, but I'm going to play in one. I'm actually going to get into a draft. Yeah, this is my I, only one this year. Cause, and I don't play I, in enough either, but they're fun. They're fun I think to play, it's too, challenging. Like, I used to think it was beneath me. Like It was too easy, so that's why I didn't play in, a, play in them. Uh, but I have a different strategy when I play in these leagues compared to any other league. Like, the first thing I, I do, if I play in a head-to-head league, I don't even consider stolen bases. Like, they're, cause, like when we do a roto league, right, stolen bases are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. So we pick these guys earlier than we should. Well, remember, if you're playing a head-to-head league, you only need to win six categories every week, and you're a winner mm-hmm. every week. Right. So when you take some and you throw them out, it'll help you out. So... The reason stolen bases is better than, say, saves to throw out is when you get those relievers a lot of times, it helps your ERA and whip. So even though you think you're just throwing out saves, you're actually 
throwing out uh, maybe some ERA and WHIP when with stolen bases. They all have a lower batting average. They all don't hit for power. Like throw those out and concentrate on just RBIs, home runs, and look at those two numbers, and you'll have a decent offense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good strategy uh, and a good point. So, I'm what excited. else have you noticed? Yeah, what else have you noticed in terms of uh, trends? Like, I've noticed that you know a lot of times, just throw that ADP out the window because <laughs> you know I mean we could use it, but it is an average. And look, you know if you want a player. You're going to be playing with some aggressive uh, drafters out there. And uh, a guy like I've noticed that really has been flying off the board, and uh, you you might agree, uh, Ozzy Albies. I mean, this guy really. (laughs) I don't even think think about drafting him because I just know that. That you have to go go too soon, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of crazy, right, when you think about Mm -hmm. it, that you're just uh, not going to get him. Have you noticed any uh, other things that uh, in your drafts that you've had to kind of adjust yeah, maybe this year? A weird situation is that you can get bottom of the line closes really late, and some are not getting drafted. Ziegler's no, no I always get him with like my second to last pick of, of a draft. I've, I've yeah, the closer for the Marlins, right? Yeah, I've picked Boxberger, Rodney. Right, Rodney's uh, there very late as yeah. well. Yeah, when I I've already had like three or four closes. I'm like, I'm just not letting them stay out there, mm-hmm. so I pick them. And I, like all the like the elite closes go really early. Like they start going to third. Like Kenley Jans going to third round in some drafts. Yeah, fourth mm-hmm. round. But it's not like you're going to get shut out because these closes are there in the twentieth round. Yeah, and, and you know just based on. Uh, last season, I mean, uh, Calvin know, Herrera two, is another one. You can get the, him around sixteen. The the two type of players that people go nuts for in the in the trading market are guys that could steal bases and guys that that you know and closers. Uh, yeah. You know, the, so uh, having a, a few of those guys on your on your roster that you could use as trade to you know tr- uh, dangle them in front of your league mates, you golden. Yeah. Uh, that's the weirdest thing because I never remember. I never. I've never been in a draft before this year, where closes were left on the table. I've seen some auctions in um, one of the Tout Wars auctions, the mixed Tout Wars auction. I think it was Rodney and Boxberger. The two of them, they didn't even get bid a dollar on. They went in the reserve round. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and look, you know, uh, you know, Ziegler. Uh, he might not end up as the closer by the end of the season, but you know, for the first couple of months, uh, he's right. going to be the Marlins closer. And look, they're not going to, you know, they're going to struggle to win sixty games. Let's let's face it, but they're going to win some games, you know. And and also Rodney, I mean, the guy, he might not put up the prettiest ERA numbers and whatnot, but at least to start the season, you know, he's going to be the closer for the Twins. The Twins going to be an, a, a good team as well. I totally agree, and they somehow Rodney is one of those guys that. None of the peripherals look good ever. Right, he saves right. Forty games every year, right? Which, uh, which is what you want, right? So, he gets um, no respect like the other Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. That's right. Yes, you have a He's favorite uh, Rodney Dangerfield uh, movie at all? No, I only remember that uh, what back to school movie. Yeah, Easy Money was well, pretty funny though too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Rodney would be a lot like President Trump. I think they would live similar lifestyles. Really? Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't. I think Rodney maybe didn't take himself as seriously as uh, as President Trump. But uh, oh, the poor President know. Trump, right? Like this is a crazy thing. So the latest the latest uh, story has him. You know, with another this is with another uh, girl. You know, in another fair. and he and he yeah, and he doesn't use protection. We we know a lot. We know too much oh, about yeah, this yeah. guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then well, you have his here, his girlfriend apologizing to his current wife. I'm sorry, well, but the I problem have to say the, this. the problem is <laughs> she took her own plane to Mar to their uh, Marley. Like she didn't get on the plane with Donald. Like we've never had a president get divorced during his time in the office. Like there right. could be a lot of firsts here. Yeah, like, I, when I be... saw like a little blip, uh, the one was it a week or two ago that uh, Donald Trump's son was uh, filing for divorce. I, I thought it was really yeah. Donald Senior. And you know, I was like, "What?" Well, you know, it didn't really surprise me to tell you the truth. But yeah, you may. You, <laughs> so you know what happened with that girl, though. This is the craziest thing ever, and this tells you something about Donald. So they had sex for the first time, right? And then after they're done, Donald get try to give her money, <laughs> right? And she was she was insulted, like she just wanted to. Have I don't sex blame her. Yeah, I know, I know, but that tells you like the lifestyle of Donald, right? He just wants to give her money. I mean. He doesn't want to pay some of his contractors, but he's going to take care of the girl uh, in the Rio de Janeiro, I guess. I think it also tells you what he thinks about himself that he, you know, doesn't that that in order to have sex with someone that he needs to pay them. That, that, that should, he doesn't have enough confidence in himself that maybe well, she would want to have sex for, with him for you know for different they're reasons. They're all supermodels in his defense. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean he's not Hulk Hogan. No, oh boy, yeah, the Hulkster man. He, uh, <laughs> <woo>. <laughs> yeah, what was it? His buddy uh, convinced him to uh, yeah, Baba have relations, right? Right. Who's a big, who's a big uh, radio host out here? Well, I don't know how big he is anymore, but uh, yeah. Bubba the Love Sponge, he he uh, he wanted to have sex with his wife, and then he recorded it and he sold right. it. And, uh, right. And this is the well, craziest thing ever. And now they they're divorced. Bubba and his wife, right? Yeah, and I think Bummer and Hulk are friends again, I think. They are. But didn't Hulk make, like, millions and millions off of that yeah. because he sued Gawker, well, who had the video yeah. or something? He won a millions yeah. and millions of dollars, but then they went bankrupt, so I don't know if he got paid. Yeah. But I hear he's uh, talking to the WWE again, so maybe uh, they'll pay him something. I don't know. Well, when we come back, we'll continue more draft strategy, more fantasy baseball talk. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis. Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Tony Sincata, Pete Considori, back. He's back. Yeah, it's how's comforting this white to know you there. Cells? Yeah, yeah. We we need uh, 
Yeah, could you send us like a report, like a blood test or something? I mean, I can see what I could do, and I don't know how <laughs> conclusive the reports are going to be. It was a sinus infection, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give it a shot. I'll send it oh, over. It's a sinus infection. Huh? Yeah, a pretty bad no, one. We, yeah. So you're all right. You shook it off. Yeah, for for the most part, I was telling Joe I'm about eighty five percent. So hopefully by next weekend at full hundo, we'll be good to go. You but go. your eighty five percent is like more than a hundred percent from compared to other people. So hey. Pete, when you're sick, you, sometimes you, you can use that to your advantage. Uh, when you're sick, you can always tell your woman that you're not feeling well, that she needs to get on top. There you go. Strategy. <laughs> Tony's strategy. Remember that. Right, yeah. We See, don't really I, talk fantasy with strategy in life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely so, yeah, getting it done. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we subscribe to everything here. We try to help people out in every endeavor. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, we'll, we'll go get to we'll get to these things uh, as the show goes I, on. Something uh, I had to a stand up fantasy show about. Uh, a couple of weeks ago called "Come On Eileen." Remember the the song? Sure, yeah. I, I actually yeah. I listened to that whole thing. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was a funny one. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. And we're talking about we're talking about coming on Eileen C O M I N G, of course, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I, right, I, yeah. I I made sure to put that out there that uh, you know yeah. some of us because we don't you know we when we text a lot we try to do things as short as possible, but come on Eileen's not one of them you want to do that to. No, no. Eighties music is pretty pretty. When you think about the eighties, man, you know, puffy hair. Uh, you know, the uh, what the the long hair in the back. What, what was that called? The mullet, right? Yeah. And some of that music was, uh, you know, it was pretty interesting. What, you know, one of my favorite songs of the '80s that I remember. Uh, now, you know, it's just, you know, it's old. So, but the, the kind of floored me when I first heard it was "Beat It" by Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, when you when you first heard that, because like when I growing up, right in my high school, the, there was a big difference between the guys who listened to rock and the guys who listened to pop and dance music. You know, yeah. And that song it it just merged. Yeah, yeah. And then you heard Van Eddie Van Halen's, you know, guitar licks on that song. That yeah. was really groundbreaking, man. How about Billy Squire's "Stroke Me"? There you go. Yes, <laughs> that's a classic. Feed it and stroke me together. That would be a great one. Mm-hmm. Billy never made another album, though. He uh, he was a songwriter after that. Mm. He was from Wellesley, Massachusetts. Well, once once you, you've you've stroked it, what else can you do in the music business, right? I mean, yeah, if you make a song <laughs> called "Stroke Me," and it, and you know what else we were talking about last night? Nobody nobody doesn't like George Thorogood. Like he's a guy's guy. Mm-hmm. Because he drinks and alone. He, and he, and he, I was going to say that you took the words right out uh, right of it. He drinks alone. With nobody else. And he's got like a, a voice like he drank like 10 gallons of gasoline. Mm. Where is he today? <laughs> he's still alive, I think. <laughs> he's drinking alone. Probably at the end of some bar. <laughs> That's it. Do you drink alone? Me? I, I, I do at times, yes. Um, I, I, I don't. Well, it, uh, it depends on your classification of alone. So right. I don't drink in my house. Like I don't drink at my in my house. Like mm. I, I only drink like when I go out. Mm. But sometimes uh, I sit at the bar by myself and watch a game. Is that drinking right. alone? 
Uh, not, I guess not, because you're yeah. in a public place, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't drink alone then, because I, I, I don't drink in my house. I don't have, mm-hmm. I don't have any alcohol in my house. I have, a, I have a bottle of Patron in my drawer in case it gets really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, I have a. a but it hasn't I opened. A, I have a, a, a few bottles of some, some scotch, some vodka, whatever, and I don't do it often. But there are times I'll go sit outside on the porch with a cigar, and, and uh, you know. Put on my headphones. And you yell at the people, slow down. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I do have a stop sign in front of my house. Everybody just passes it. So I do get agitated. And I get more agitated as I, as I drink more. But, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, wow. That's, That's what I, I tell people that. when I'm 70 and I have nothing to do. I'm going to buy a house with a porch and I'm just going to yell at people <laughs> on the porch all day. Well, thankfully, I, I live on a dead end, so there aren't many people that walk past, of course, but the cars do pass, and they never stop. But anyway, uh, let, we were talking uh, San Francisco Before Giants. we get on to it, though, I got one more yeah, thing. Yeah. Out of piss. <laughs> chilies. I hate chilies, and here's why I hate them, because they tease me. It says, free chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. Now, it's never free. I get you these can't just walk emails. in there. Right? Yeah, and it's just, a give me my free chips. A, yeah. <laughs> you can't. Is an entree included? This one says include it with your order. Like f right. you, if you're giving right. me something for free, that's what I want for free. Yeah, let's say you walk in there with your date and you just want to sit at a, a booth, right? A table for two, please. Uh, you know, can I help you? Add j- just some chips and salsa. Okay, <laughs> then try sitting there for two hours with just <laughs> chips, salsa, and water, and see how long they just sit there. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I want water, and I won't order just water for a drink because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a, a bad individual if I do that. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll order water, but with my meal, with my entree. Yeah, I don't feel bad about that if you're if you're ordering other food. The biggest dickhead in the world is the guy that goes in. And orders, uh, like he'll go, like they'll show the UFC fights at a couple bars for free. And this dude will sit at the bar and he'll order water. And then he'll even tell the waiters, no ice. <laughs> he'll sit there for, for four hours. <laughs> Just watching the free pay-per-view and, uh, yeah, and yeah. drinking water. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he has to really, he even has to specify how he wants his free water. Well, hopefully they they uh, provide him with some water f- straight from Flint, Flint, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he deserves, right? Uh, oh, that uh, uh, these people—it uh, takes all kinds in the world. It takes all kinds. It really does. It really does. But uh, let's get back to a little bit of baseball talk. We were talking some Giants, right? Uh, what do you th- think about Buster Posey? We we talked about the catcher position and yeah. uh, the difference between Gary Sanchez being the number one catcher and uh, you looked at the number 13 catcher, uh, Brian McCann. Posey is still getting drafted up there, but when you look at you know his numbers, home runs, RBIs down three straight seasons, still hits for average, but uh, I mean, this guy, I keep on saying, he's turning into Joe Maurer. Yeah, I think it's a great, great call. And um, yeah, so the only reason you're picking him it's the catcher, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. But you got to get into it, people. He's no, he's not a good draft pick, because the way I look at it is, all right, thirteen home runs. That's less than what you need from a player. Seventy-one mm-hmm. runs scored. That's right around seventy-five RBIs less. Right. And a three oh nine batting average is there. So he excels 
in one category. He's close on three. So other than being a catcher, which, yes, there are plenty of catches that are going to be negatives in all five categories. So you're picking a guy in the third, fourth, fifth round because he won't hurt you? I don't think you do that. I, mm-hmm. I just uh, That's too early. Yep. Uh, let's take a look at another team in the Giants division. Uh, how about the Dodgers? They got hit with a little bit of news this week where uh, their third baseman, Justin Turner, fractured his wrist. Luckily, no surgery required, so he might be back as early as five weeks. But from what I read, it looks like Logan Forsythe might open up the season as their starting third baseman. We had talked about Logan Forsythe a yeah. few weeks back uh, as someone uh, with sneaky bounce-back potential. Yeah, this is interesting to me because there's a couple things they could do here. There's a couple things. And Matt Kemp has really forced their hands because he's playing so well mm-hmm. that they thought they were going to cut him. Like, he, there was no plans on Matt Kemp being part of the Dodgers. Right. And all of a sudden now he looks like the best player in the camp. He, he lost a lot of weight, so he's going to play. Uh, he could be in a platoon situation with Jock Peterson uh, to start the year. But I think there's a chance that Chris Taylor could play some second base. And then Yasiel Puig would be in right, Kemp would be in left, and Chuck Peterson could actually play center field. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. a good enough defensive player there. So it gives the Dodgers options here. I like Logan Forsythe. Um, I like both catchers in the Dodgers. I think both these catchers are draftable. And I would lean to Grandel, and most people are leaning to Barnes, which I think is a little bit of a mistake. What do you think of Peterson in terms of, uh, I mean, his performance? I mean, here's a guy that really we expected a little bit more of. No, uh, you're being nice. He can't hit. He can't hit. (laughs) You're being like, uh, we expected a little more. We expected a lot more. Yeah. There's there's more. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, he's only 25. Maybe we expected. Maybe we're wrong. Our expectations were out of whack. Hmm. Uh, But I can't take that chance. He hit. He only played 102 games last year, right? 323 at-bats, um, and he hit 11 home runs. So if he got an opportunity, I think he can hit close to 20 home runs. But the 212 batting average, how much of that's unlucky? Because unlike a lot of guys we talk about, he only struck out 21% of the time. His batter right. balls in play was 241. So there's a lot here telling me that, you know what, maybe he isn't as bad as he's played. Yeah, but that 241 BABIP isn't that far off as what he's done since he came up to the majors. I mean, I'm looking at uh, his 2015, 262 BABIP, right? Uh, 2014, 2014, 235 BABIP. Like you said, 2016, 296, which is kind of like the norm, right? The norm is about 300. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, what about But Andrew here's the other him? thing that people – here's the other thing that where he's a huge disappointment, mm-hmm. and, and some people don't know this. Jock Peterson in the minors stole 30, 31, 26, 24. Yeah. Yep. And it never happened here. Right. This is why people were in love with this guy. We're talking 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases is what we've seen with Jock Peterson. And like I said, he's only 25. We might see it sometime, but that's what people wanted from him. And he's got nothing close to that. You might also consider that maybe uh, he's one of these guys with the Pacific Coast League effect, right? That Pacific Coast League, I'll, I'll, some of these stats... Yep. are blown up. So he just might be one of these guys who uh, benefited and, and from that. People don't get it. Like, people, if you haven't played baseball, 
at, at, at a quality level, they don't get the uh, how hard it is to steal a base and how hard it is for a pitcher to keep a runner close. Like these are two things that you know nobody talks about. And at the minor league level, pitchers get run on all the time. And it's not mm-hmm. the catchers that are getting these. It's the pitchers. They don't. They have no move uh, over to first base. They feel uncomfortable. A lot of them won't throw over to first base. And that's why you see some high stolen base totals. And then when these guys get to the majors, they don't steal at all. And it, Jock Peterson's one and Trevor Story's the other. Yep, yep. So as for the uh, Dodgers outfielders, uh, we mentioned Peterson. We talked about Puig. Uh, you mentioned uh, Matt Kemp. Uh, what about a guy that if one of these guys slumps or gets hurt, that actually uh, has a pretty good pedigree, got hurt last year, uh, Andrew Tolls. I, I kind of like this guy. It's just even something that you keep on your watch list because another power speed kind of guy uh, got the season got derailed last year. But uh, any love for Andrew Tolls is maybe like a, a sleeper? No. Uh, oh, okay. I think – the problem is I don't know if he'll make the team, right? That's the mm-hmm. like, depending on how, like, your roster construction is, what you can do with some of these players. Because when I look at the outfielders, right? Peterson's in, Kemp's in, Taylor's in, Puig's in, Hernandez is in. So those mm-hmm. are five outfielders. Do they go six outfielders? Right. You have a very good point there, but uh, I mean, remember, and then if they did go six, does Tolls make it? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure Tolls has minor league options. Yes. Trace Thompson doesn't. Right. Okay. And yeah, I think that's a f- I think Tolls could get sent to the minors to play every day. Hmm. All right. That's a good. That's a good point. What about uh? Since we're talking about the Dodgers, how about the uh, Walker Bueller? He's going to start the the season out in the minor leagues, but he he's a guy with uh, he's got some 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 skills, doesn't he? I don't take him seriously because I keep thinking about Why? that stupid Bueller, Bueller movie. Bueller, right. movie. <laughs> right? Every time I hear that name, I, that's all I can think about. Right. That's one of the greatest movies of all time uh, for people that have never seen it. Um, it reminded me a lot of my life growing up and all the effing things we used to try to do to, to screw uh, around. Walker Bueller. This is crazy. I don't know. Like, I don't. He doesn't have. He has he has risen so quick up to his levels that mm-hmm. he has no pedigree what like whatsoever. Like he has a total he has a total of uh, eighty nine minor league innings. Yeah, but there's some you're you're right about that, but man, I mean he's, he's dominated at every level. Oh my god, yeah. Uh fourteen Ks per nine, eleven Ks per nine, thirteen Ks per nine. Every every time he's been uh, I mean it's only been that twenty seventeen season for the most part. Yeah. But uh, every time he was eighty nine innings didn't didn't affect him at all. There's no way he can start the year. But you no, probably he's see not. him. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah. I would. There's yeah. no way you probably. See, I mean, if he continues this pace, but I don't know. That's eighty nine. That's the other problem, though. Too, he's only thrown eighty nine innings, right? There's no way he can th- he can pitch for the Dodgers in the second half of the season because they can't throw a, a prospect like this 150, 160 innings when he threw ninety the year before. That's a good point, yes. Uh, but uh, I guess there's a chance that we see him late in the season. But like you said, it depends on how He'll many be out of the he bullpen, pitches in the leagues. Yeah, yeah. 2019. All right, when we come back, more baseball talk. It's a, a big drafting weekend for everyone. Fantasy baseball season heating up. 
We'll be back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. <laughs> 